Hey, I'm Shane from Shane Sotham. I'm here today with Thomas uh, for this episode of Mind Matters, Navigating Head Injuries and Concussions. Thomas is one of the brain and concussion uh, attorneys here at Shane Sotham. And uh, Thomas, we're talking about what today? Retrograde amnesia? Yeah, retrograde amnesia. That's uh, a term that's often used in psychology and neurology to describe specific type of memory impairment. All right, amnesia is what everybody thinks about. You get hit in the head and you forget everything. You know, it makes me think of, uh, there was an old movie, uh, Overboard, with uh, Goldie Hawn who fell overboard and hit her head and forgot everything for a little while, but she could still do normal stuff, but she had no memories uh, for months. Is that retrograde amnesia or what are we talking about here? It's similar. There's, there's different types and different categories of it. Retrograde talks about where someone's unable to recall past memories, experiences, or events. You know, you can have amnesia of a specific event, like if you're involved in a car accident, say, massive impact, you know, you might not remember even the beginning of that impact might be wiped out. Retrograde, I think, refers back to a varying duration of time from weeks, even years back, depending on okay. the severity. So you're losing stuff. Now, does it come back or is it gone? I think it depends on, on the severity. You know, it, it potentially could back, come back because you have neuroplasticity of the brain uh, and, you know, its ability to, to regenerate itself over time. But uh, in terms of this specific feature, it, in retrograde amnesia, that's where more recent memories are more difficult to access than than older ones okay so the more like a week or two before the event so i can remember all my childhood stuff but i can't remember the last six months or the last three months or or what i did the day of the accident exactly and they talk about this in terms of a temporal gradient things kind of go along this spectrum you know if it's if it's something that's more more recent, you may have difficulty recalling it from the last few weeks, but if it's going back, you know, to a birthday party with your with your parents or, you know, your friends, and, you know, you're probably not going to have as much difficulty with that, with this specific. I would imagine um, that causes a lot of distress in, in the individuals who have it because they know things happen. They just can't remember what it is or even how they got there, right? This is the thing when people wake up in the hospital and they're like, how did I even get here? Yeah, yeah, it just incredibly alarming and you know we have more than a few clients like that they just they wake up and they're surrounded or they're kind of bolted down to a bed or they've got IVs running from them and they're like, how did I get here what's going on yeah where where's my life gone so you know that that's I think one of the most alarming things about it is that you just it's a lack of a sense of control that goes on with it and and how do they calm those folks down I guess there, there's lots of different ways. Having friends and family around, I think, can be one of the, the best things because, you know, it's much better to hear it from somebody who's close to you than, you know, a doctor you've never seen before who's just trying to explain to you what's happened to you. Um, and I'm sure there's different types of medications and things like that, you know, but I, I think definitely being around fam family and friends is going to be the best way to come, you know, to, to get it in the best possible way. To get the best, just sort of acceptance, I guess. Yeah, bringing and yourself back. My guess is some of them probably go through almost like the grieving period. You know, they continue on the grieving period where finally there's acceptance at the end and not denial and anger. I'm sure there's a ton of that associated with losing large chunks of time. Yeah, you got to. I mean, I I feel like sometimes when I sit around and I think that would be one of my worst nightmares is not being able to remember. You know, my daughter's birthday party a couple weeks ago, and or not yeah. being and your father too, just not being able to remember those core memories or those things that are just incredibly special to you. I just feel, you know, that's a loss that you can't ever quantify in terms of a dollar value. Yeah, because what is that worth, right? Yeah. Or what if it was an event uh, and that person's no longer with us, right. or 
somebody who was happily married and then ended up getting divorced, but all their happy members are gone, or some of them are gone anyway. Yeah. You have something taken away from you that just forms a key part of your relationship with a person. Yeah. Uh, that sounds bad. I mean, it sounds terrible. What is? What else would you tell us about retrograde amnesia? Yeah, uh, I mean, one of the, the things that I think is maybe the silver lining of it, we don't know yet that it it steals away from you something in terms of your procedural memory, you know, your ability to do certain tasks and right. skills that you learned before the onset of the amnesia. And even if somebody doesn't, you know, they maybe they forgot, hey, I forgot how jump shot or, you know, hitting a baseball. I forgot how I learned to do that, but I still know how to do you still it. Know the muscle memory right. is there. The but you just don't remember, like you say, how you learned it. Right. So this is sort of the thing where people start to do something, they're like, holy cow, I can do this. Right. Yeah, I just kind of, you, you don't <laughs> you don't know how you got there, but you know <laughs> that you can still do it. And I guess that's one of the good things about it. Okay. Because a different part of the brain remembers that part, basically. Right. How often does this happen in, in car wreck cases? Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think it's hard to put a number on it, and I think the big reason for that is because we're really at the infancy of learning about TBI in the context of, of anything. Um, you know, the diagnostic tools that we have today are, are light years beyond what they were three or four years ago, and you know, we're coming in, out with more and more ways of detecting what's going on. Um, you know, in terms of our clients, we see it pretty frequently in terms of, you know, forgetting things or having memory concentration problems, just certain memories or people's names is a big thing. I mean, it also comes up in the context of neurodegenerative diseases, you know, like you might think about Alzheimer's or another, uh, you know, some disease like that. Um, this, you know, TBI can help make, well, not help, but TBI can contribute to making those things worse or bringing them about. When they when they weren't ever really going to come about, maybe you had an early trigger for those. So you things. didn't have it, and then, boom, you're in the car wreck. You get a TBI, and now suddenly you go from retro, you know, limited retrograde amnesia now into full blown Alzheimer's or at dementia, least that slippery yeah. slope and dementia. Huh? Yeah, could could bring about or trigger that happening before you know it was ever going to happen, or you know much earlier than what it, it was going to happen. Well, and this is a question along those same lines: um, the elasticity of the brain. Is that impacted a lot by your age and how old you are? I think we're still we're still learning that. I think definitely a, a younger brain, uh, you know, healthier body can definitely, you know, bring about the ability to to rehab from from a brain injury. Um, but I think that's still one of those things that we're we're learning a lot about. Um, but I, I it would be hard to imagine that somebody younger wouldn't be able to rebound from something like this versus, you know, 30-year-old versus a 75-year-old. Yeah, okay. And I just think in an older person, you steal those memories, sometimes that's all they have left. Right, yeah, it's, you know, those precious memories and or, or you know, memories of, of things with your family, uh, that's, uh, I, I know even for me now, that's that's something that I treasure. And I just can't imagine what it would be like to be older and, uh, almost in the twilight of your life you might say and not having you know those treasures to hold on to yeah. so what else are they talking to us about retrograde amnesia about so retrograde amnesia individuals with that they might struggle with remembering what's happened in the past but they can still function in their daily lives so it might look for them like they're just going on you know nothing has happened in terms of not having a real impact on their lives if they're involved in a significant car accident that causes TBI but you know this this can 
definitely affect things that they've had in the past. It can affect, you know, memories, can affect, again, these treasured moments that we talked about. Well, let me ask you this. When, if, if you have retrograde amnesia, is it normally like, okay, I lost this time period here, but now that I'm, I'm here and I'm awake, all the new stuff is building on, or do I continue to to lose time, basically. That, that gets into a different category, which is what we call interrograde amnesia. That, that can be something that can happen in, in a collision as well, or through traumatic brain injury. And that's where a, a more debilitating disorder, because yeah. that impairs your ability to learn new information. And that's obviously essential for day-to-day -day activities. So you could have one or the other, you could have both. Um, okay. I don't think there's anything, having one limits your having the other being caused by TBI. Okay, so you could be unlucky and, and have both. Uh, but retrograde is a specific type just for some time you lost in the past. Yes, yes. But it's not gonna continue to impact you, that's something else. Yeah, yeah, okay. you, yeah you might have that, that as well. Uh, they might go along with each other, but you know, that's definitely its, its own specific category. And then you have anterograde, which is you know looking okay. forward. So what? I mean, we talked a little about car wrecks. What causes retrograde amnesia? Yeah, I think it can be you know as we talked about a number of different things: genetics, uh, you know, different neurodegenerative disorders, but traumatic brain injury can to any significant impact in terms of direct blow to your head or those acceleration, deceleration forces that you know basically cause your brain to smash against the hardest thing in your body, the inside of your skull. So car wrecks definitely can cause definitely. it. That's where we see it the most in our in our act, you know, in our cases. Uh, but it makes me think about it like sports, the, the football, is it happening in football or, or I know boxers a lot of times have issues. I watch UFC and I've seen multiple of those people talk about, you know, when they get knocked out, they'll wake up and they lose the whole fight. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about here, retrograde amnesia, right? right. That's They've got it. It's just confined to a very short window when they're talking about not not remembering the fight at all. Exactly. And sometimes, like you hear with football players, you know, I don't remember, you know, from the second quarter on. You know, I okay. just took that big hit, went down, and, you know, woke up in the hospital and, and just completely wiped out. So for, for our purposes, that would be pretty limited retrograde amnesia, you know, short impact. But I guess that would also be then... You know, those people who, you know, they've been in a car wreck, they're sitting on the curb, which happens sometimes, you know, they get out of the car. And then, you know, when the EMT gets there, they're like, what happened? I'm like, I don't know. You know, they just don't remember anything. They don't remember passing out. They don't remember getting out of the car. You know, they just find them on the side of the road, right? Yeah, and one of the interesting things that can happen too is, you know, I've had clients where I've talked to them a couple of days after a car accident and they remember, you know, somewhat would happen, but as we get farther away and we talk about it some more, it's like that memory has kind of been oh, fade or So or it wiped. degrades and it's gone. Yeah, because when you have that concussion that, you know, disrupts the function of your brain and disrupts how signals are being sent, different, you know, hormones, responses throughout your body, that can take some time to unfold in terms of how, you know, things are kind of going to degenerate in, so in it's, terms of your system. So, you know, I've always heard, you know, back injuries get worse over the first three to five days, right? You know, if you feel it the first day, it's going to be terrible by day three. There's one, one reason why we say if you are in a lot of pain, go right to the ER because it's going to get worse. So these are the same way. They get worse over a shorter time period afterwards. I guess the head injury stuff just comes to light, basically. Is that what it is? Yeah, well, I, I think one of the important ways to think about it and, and conceptualize it is it's not an event, right? It's not 
I got in a car accident, boom, I had a traumatic brain injury. It's an ongoing disease process. It's something that unfolds over time and can still be unfolding, you know, years after the fact. Really? And it might even be the lesser traumatic brain injury, a mild traumatic brain injury, not one where you're getting your skull stoved in, but one where you've, you know, got some pretty bad headaches for a couple weeks after. That can be the one that lingers with somebody longest. And why? We don't really know, but uh, you know, the brain's kind of like the ocean. You know, we're just kind of scraping the surface, figuring stuff out as we go. Yeah. I know, you know, it's been exciting for me to see the evolution of this over my career. You know, because when I first took it, I mean, brain injuries, we didn't have any of this science stuff. There were no DTIs. There was no blood tests to show it. I mean, it was really just almost all visual or the old MRIs that really are not great at showing brain injuries. You know, they show blood, but not not an injury to the brain. That was really about all we had. Right. And now, in the last five years, just it's accelerated. We have so much more medical information and knowledge. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a field that's exploding. And when we're talking to the doctors and the scientists that are involved with this, they're, they're just incredibly excited, which makes me excited because they're saying, hey, you know, we're just in the infancy of this. Yeah. You know, they're working with the Department of Defense, they're working with different federal agencies to figure out how we can bring this to the public and kind of expand what we know about how traumatic brain injuries are affecting people. And you know that can do tremendous things for our clients, which I'm really excited about. I was gonna say, a lot of the work we have to do on a case is, once we get the diagnosis of the brain injury, then it's how does it impact that client, right? right. And, and what are some ways we dig into that, or, or people, e even somebody watching it could could dig into a little bit and be able to explain it to their family members. Yeah, I think uh, some of the tools that we can use with that, you know, it's a video nystagmus test, which is going in and evaluating balance and posture tests in terms okay. of how your eye will respond to it, respond to a stimuli and what that tells us about what's going on inside your inner ear and inside your brain and the areas of your brain that are responsible for the balance and you know the movement of your eye. So that's something that that can give us evidence. Can tell you look if you're going to be at elevated fall risk over time, if you're going to have cognitive issues. There's also diffusion tensor imaging, which lights up your brain like a Christmas tree in terms of the way that you can look at it and see, hey, that bulb isn't working there. Maybe this uh, particular chain of you know white and gray matter is what. It has been affected here in this that's accident. What you lost. Okay. And then blood tests. Thing, that's that's kind of the new frontier. Is you know blood tests can tell you, uh, you know what part of your brain or how your brain has been injured. And and that's something we're going to get into in another episode because that sounds crazy, cool, exciting, and you, you know one part of it's like I don't see even how how they can do that. The other part of it's like well of course they can see changes and everything. So we're going to dig into that on another episode of Mind Matters. So. If that's something interested interested in, watch out for that episode as uh, me and Thomas dig into that. So how do they explain the amnesia to their friend and family members? Is it just like, hey, I don't remember that? Or is there anything else they can sort of help with that? Because to be quite honest, I know we've run into clients and family members where when somebody's suffered a head injury, they're like, I just don't remember anything. After a little while, people are like, yeah, come on, really. What? You know, why can't you remember? What? You know, does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. How do you deal with that? Yeah, I think, you know, Another way of thinking about it is, you know, it's not just them explaining it to their friends and family members. A lot of times they're alerted to it by their friends and family okay. members. Like it's like, hey, bro, we, we just did this the other day. You don't you don't remember? Like we So, you know, we so it's the, the opposite of what I was talking about. That friends and family members notice it and the person themselves does not. Yeah, and, and that's why, you know, having a community, friends and family around you in these cases, that's some of the most 
you know, valuable, it's, it's the most valuable network you can have to really help you find out what's going on, get you to the doctors that you need to go to, and then help you get, help you get back to yourself. Uh, there's different therapies, different neurorehabilitation therapies that are out there, uh, cognitive behavioral therapies that are recommended, uh, and then some other really kind of neat stuff that I'm sure we could talk about on a, on a different one, because I don't know about it now. <laughs> but uh, yeah. what, what I would, you know, what I, what I take from that is, you know, it's uh, so important to listen to those people, you know, your friends and family, when they raise one of those issues, and tell your doctors or, or tell your lawyer so we can dig into it and, like you say, try to get you the right doctor, the right specialist to figure it out. Because uh, you may not know yourself, and if you minimize that, and, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing, you know, you're not going to get the treatment you need for certain. And uh, obviously you're not going to get that involved, that part of a case, but more importantly, you're not going to get the treatment you need, so it's going to continue to be a problem. Yeah, I think, you know, being able to, to talk with your lawyer about it and get have them get you connected to somebody because if, if you look about, at it in a way we're kind of like almost like a general contractor we have a pretty broad base of knowledge and information and we work with a lot of doctors uh, over you know years and years and you know we we know you know we, we know what types of doctors that we can send people to and a lot of times if you're just a regular person going to the hospital going to your doctor you just feel like you're not heard like you're yeah. not listened to and I think that's really one of the most valuable things that an attorney can do. It's like, hey, we know we're trying to help you. We're not burdened by the constraints of having, you know, 9,000 people in the waiting room and, you know, having to worry about billing and all the Medicaid, Medicare and all those things that are going on. It's, we can listen to you and, and we can help you with information that you might never have and you might never be given by, you know, your set of doctors or your insurance company. All right. Well, Thomas, uh I think we've learned a lot. We've talked about a lot today. Um, for all our listeners, if uh, you're interested in Mind Matters or injuries and concussions, hit like and subscribe and hit the bell for notifications. Uh, and also remember, if you're in pain, call Shane, 980-999-9999. If you've had a, a brain injury or concussion in your car accident case and have questions and concerns, feel free to call our office and uh, ask for Thomas or the brain injury group. Shane.